minds, sorting due to media bias, exposing the propaganda, and challenging you to use your brain. It's time to tap into the Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed time to tap into the truth. Welcome to tonight's broadcast. Hope you're having a great Monday, wherever you're at. It is, of course, September 30th, the day before the big government shutdown here in the United States. Uh, this, of course, has been a long-awaited, predestined battle. It's not like it's a surprise to anybody that this is happening when it's happening. The only real surprise, I think, that is going on right now is the fact that the folks in the White House and the folks over in the Senate are literally shocked that the Republicans that control the House of Representatives actually took a stand. This has been billed as a battle between the Tea Party influence on the Republican Party and the establishment Republicans, but it's really more a battle between the so-called progressives and any and all people, liberal or conservative, who still value what this country means. I'll go into more of that, but first of all, I want you to know that there is really no reason to fear the government shutdown. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This government shutdown is really only going to be felt by a few people unless this goes on for a protracted amount of time. And by protracted, I mean it's going to have to go on two or three months before the average American is really going to start feeling the effects of this very limited government shutdown. Sorry for having a little fun and playing a little bit tonight, but you would honestly think the world was coming to an end if you were listening to a certain group of people. Uh, mostly the folks in the very liberal extremes of the mainstream media here in the States. Uh, thankfully, there's actually been random acts of journalism that have taken place, uh, even amongst some of the more mainstream media. Some folks reporting, oh my gosh, actual truth. And the truth of the matter is, is this is going to be very, very painless overall. But before we go too far into the topic, let's hit a recap of what led us here. Because today was the last day. The battle was going on. The House of Representatives, in an effort to show that they were indeed willing to compromise, voted on, passed, and sent over to the Senate... Two more efforts to try to get something that the Senate could agree upon. The first continuing resolution that was sent to the Senate last week, that was voted down on Friday of last week in the Senate, was a continuing resolution that, in fact, very specifically laid out a continuing 
continuing resolution that funded everything for the government as they had been funding it previously, which includes preset increases in everyone's budgets, with the exception of paying for Obamacare. They were trying to defund it. And the House has every right to do so. Anybody who doesn't understand that really needs to take their civics classes again. I think that's part of the reason why most public schools no longer teach civics as an individual subject. And the few that still do certainly don't emphasize it and normally make it an elective. Truthfully, all spending bills are supposed to originate in the House. Any and all new spending that comes along is supposed to originate in the House. And the House is the starting point for controlling the purse strings. That's the way our Constitution was designed. Part of the checks and balances. Obamacare is a train wreck. You've heard that before. Undoubtedly, you've heard that before. How do I know? Because Democrats have been saying it for the past several months. The phrase, not quite ready for prime time, has been thrown out quite a bit. But train wreck seems to be the phrase that comes out over and over again. So the Republicans, led largely by certain Tea Party favorites in the House of Representatives led the charge, and the Republicans as a whole finally rallied the troops over in the House and decided they were going to try and defund Obamacare. Realized that the political repercussions for not standing their ground on this topic, on this issue, would be more painful to them in the ballot box next election than any possible government shutdown that would occur. And they knew it was a possibility. They knew it from the very beginning. This is still a ploy to negotiate something even deeper when it comes to the debt ceiling negotiations that are coming up in just a couple of short weeks at this point. We know these battles are coming. These dates were preset. They were selected. This happens on a regular basis. In Less than an hour now from this broadcast time, as I got started much later than usual uh, this Monday evening, broadcasting just a few minutes after 11 p.m. Eastern Time here, meaning that we are literally less than an hour away from becoming October 1st, and officially the Obamacare exchanges are supposed to be opened up to the public. The individual mandate, despite the declaration by the Supreme Court of the United States, the individual mandate is unconstitutional. Sorry, the Supreme Court got it wrong this time. And given another opportunity a little bit further down the road, I'm sure they would be happy to correct that error. But... As for this moment in time, Obamacare is still the law of the land. So, in less than an hour, the individual mandate goes into effect. The individual tax penalty goes into effect. There's still a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of information that's not in the hands of the general public when it comes to Obamacare.
But worse than that, everyone is now kind of halfway distracted from the fact that this is about Obamacare and focused on the fact of the fear-mongering that's coming largely from the left. Somehow they seem to think this plays to their strength. They'll blame the Republicans for this and look at all the fear that comes along with a government shutdown. But when you stop and think about it, it's only fair that the folks on the left be a little more concerned about a government shutdown because it really hurts them much more politically than it does a conservative Republican. Now, the so-called progressive Republicans also will probably feel that same pain because those moderates, those squishy, not really taking the side one way or the other folks, they don't like to be seen as being involved in these kind of battles because they're supposed to be moderate. We're supposed to reach across the aisle and help everybody be friends and hold hands and sing kumbaya. Well, you guys have failed miserably for a while now, so we need to get rid of those guys. Okay? No more moderates. There's no room for it. You're not doing your jobs anyway. You just keep siding with the wrong side, voting the wrong way, and making bad things happen. So you guys need to go. I would like some honest-to-goodness liberals to uh, get elected into the Democratic Party. Because if you really, once again, look at the definitions of the words, instead of letting the so-called progressives redefine what it means to be liberal, those people cling to certain constitutional freedoms. A real liberal wants freedom of speech, regardless of the cost to the power structure. The so-called progressives do not. They're quickly moving further and further along to a police state. That's not tonight's topic, so I will try not to dwell too long on it. But the bottom line is, this is a fight over Obamacare, and for the past week, we've heard rhetoric from the occupier. Uh, you don't shut down the economy just because you don't get 100% of your way. Well, if that's true, Mr. I'm-supposed-to-be-the-president, why are you not telling the Democrats in the Senate to compromise? Why is it so hard to at least put off the individual mandate another year the same as you illegally have already adjusted the law for big corporate businesses uh, is it because the individuals that are going to be paying on this mandate aren't the primary contributors to the democratic candidates that are looking to take an office in the 2014 midterm elections? Could that have anything at all to do with it? Because if not, you've certainly flubbed up because it looks that way. I think anybody who's capable of thinking for themselves, using your brain, is going to at least wonder if that might have something to do with it, I tend to think it does. But hey, maybe it doesn't. Maybe even if I offer you the benefit of the doubt, okay, this is terrible for business right now because of the economy. Let's hold off a year. Okay, why then are you still 
holding your firm stance, Mr. I'm supposed to be the president, and, and saying that you will veto anything that comes up that doesn't fully fund Obamacare and continues the individual mandate. Because that's what the House did today. Still trying to reach some type of compromise. They went from sending a continuing resolution that completely defunded Obamacare to sending a continuing resolution that funded a great deal of programs and still opened up the doors to further negotiations at the debt ceiling tops and defunding Obamacare to a final offer that came through super quick today that was tabled around 4 o'clock or so, even though the decision table, most of the stuff took place around 2 p.m. today. This final one said, okay, we'll give you this continuing resolution, but let's just hold off on implementing the individual mandate for at least a year. Same deal as you've offered big business, Mr. Obama. You know, those mean, nasty guys that you claim to be trying to keep in check in order to protect the American people. Yeah, you, know, you keep playing the class warfare of ooh, big business bad, big business bad for little people. We protect little people. Well, it looks like you're protecting big business from the train wreck that is Obamacare, but refusing to protect the individual, the people that you claim to be trying to help. But is there really any help? These exchanges are going to be complicated, and in order to qualify for the subsidies, there's a lot of folks out there right now thinking that they're just going to automatically have free health care starting tomorrow. And if you doubt me on this, go back and check the stories of the first couple of weeks after Obamacare was first shoved down the throats of the American people by the democratically controlled House and democratically controlled Senate both of them having filibuster-proof majorities at that point in time. Because as soon as this bill was passed and the occupier signed it into law, most people didn't pay close enough attention to even realize that, hey, guess what? It's not really supposed to go into effect until around 2013, 2014. You know, after the next presidential election was the initial... And that was the deal. It was scheduled all along to go into effect October 1st of this year. Just a few mere hours away. Well, actually, less than an hour away as of right now. And I'm sure if you're listening to me live, yes, less than an hour from now. If you're listening to this uh, on demand from the archives, well, then it's already in effect, most likely. It was designed that way. But you had people that first week rolling into clinics and doctor's offices saying, I'm here for my health care. And it had to be explained to them, no, no, no. It's not free today. <laughs> Sadly, for most of you, no matter how poor or how much medical attention you need, it's not really going to be free for you ever. And it's still not. You've got to qualify for the subsidies. 
That's right. You have to prove that you are in need of it. Although, although another one of those little illegal switches, Congress gets their subsidy, even though they make much more money than any of you, if they were being held by the same standard, they and their aides would not be eligible for a subsidy because they... One of the aides probably makes more in a year than most working stiffs out here make in two or three years. And under the Obama economy, uh, working a lot of part-time jobs because of Obamacare, uh, unless you've managed to find yourself three part-time jobs and you're holding them down, you're probably not making what you were making before. So, you know what? They're probably making four or five times more what you're doing. But they're going to get a subsidy. They're not going to have to fill out the small novel of paperwork to find out if you qualify. That's right. Words out, ladies and gentlemen. This is on the record. It's available but there's still going to be a truckload of people that are probably going to start walking to the clinics and doctor's offices tomorrow thinking, hey, this is a done deal. First of all, don't expect Obamacare to be fully operational until the government shutdown's over. But even then, you have to fill out the paperwork to get the subsidy. For those of you who might be hearing this and may have just accidentally stumbled upon this and you don't normally listen to conservative talk, if you don't understand what the word subsidy means, that means that is money that is sent to you from the government to help cover the cost of something. In this particular case, your insurance plan under Obamacare, because you have to buy one. Now, I heard something today... I'd heard rumors before. I heard it being reported as if it's true today. I still haven't been able to check this out for myself yet. Normally, I don't like to say stuff that I haven't verified for myself, but I'm going to throw it out here because it's something to keep in mind. And you need to check it out, too. If you think that you qualify for the subsidy, keep this in mind. It's being reported right now, and again, I'm not saying that this is a fact because I haven't been able to check it, but Certainly, you need to check it. I need to check it. We all need to find out for sure if this is the case. I've been hearing people say that the subsidy is going to be paid to the people that qualify in a form of a tax credit. Also, another reason why they wanted to have the IRS enforcing Obamacare. Again, I don't know if this is true, but if it is true, do you realize what that means? If this is going to be paid to you in the form of a tax credit, that means you can only get it once a year. And it's not going to be until after the first of the year when you can get a refund to do this. You've got to pay for your policy... And then they're going to give you some of that money back later. So no matter how poor you may be, no matter how much of a burden this is going to be on you, this is how it's going to affect you. You're going to have to go out and get it. You're supposed to have it in place before the first, which means you're going to have to put out your money to get a policy in order to be compliant by the first of the year. And the earliest you'll see that money back is when you get your subsidy in the form of a tax credit when you file your federal income tax. 
Now again, let me emphasize one more time. I have heard people reporting that to be the case. If it is, this is one more reason to be outraged and one more reason why everyone should want this thing shelved for at least a year if you're not willing to wake up to the reality of how bad this will actually be if it gets implemented completely. But you see, the Senate Democrats and the White House came out strongly again saying, you know, we can't do this. We won't allow this. We're not going to pass this. We'll let the government shut down. Why? Because they think that the government shutdown plays much worse for the Republicans than it does for them. They think they have the American people bamboozled. But you see, the Republicans did exactly what they needed to do in the House to prove that it's actually the Democrats that are demanding it to be the my way or the highway bit. Now, they're still going to say that they're standing firm for you, the American people. But in truth, the folks that have actually made a stand for the American people are people like Ted Cruz. And once this does become fully implemented law, which it looks like the Dems are not going to back down on this, I pray every minute since this issue started that the Republicans will stand their ground on this one. We don't need those wishy-washy, brain-damaged rhinos in the Senate to do jack. But we do need the Republicans in the House, and hopefully some honest-to-goodness, still American-loving Democrats over in the House to stand up and stand firm on this issue. It's important because this guy who's currently occupying the White House doesn't seem to understand he is not the emperor. He does not have unchecked authority over the government or the American people. And this is simply bad policy and bad politics, period. Obamacare is a disaster. And it's not about providing health care. If they were concerned about providing health care or access to health care or the cost of health care, you wouldn't have started with insurance anyway. And I know if you've listened to this show, you're probably tired of hearing me say that. So I will digress and move along. But here's some of the things that you can expect under... The government shut down. First of all, you really don't have to be that concerned unless you receive benefits and still actually receive a physical check. Why? Well, because it doesn't take much to make sure that you get a direct deposit, which most government checks are paid by. But at any rate, let's go down the list of some of the things that you can expect, and then I'll hit those highlights, too. Uh, as the U.S. Senate resumed business on Monday, it seemed increasingly likely a budget deal wouldn't be worked out in time for the Tuesday deadline. If that happens and Congress fails within the next 24 hours to hammer out a spending bill to keep the government running, the U.S. government goes into a 
partial government shut down. Emphasis on partial, because the government doesn't completely shut down at any rate. And we know at this point the Senate didn't bother to do anything. So, first of all, here's what's actually going to happen. First things first. More than a third of federal workers would be told to stay home, according to official estimates. That's roughly 800,000 of the nation's 2.1 million federal workers. Supervisors at government agencies uh, met last week to decide which essential and non-essential employees would be kept on during this shutdown. Uh, quick question. Why would you even have non-essential employees? May I say this might be a use-your-brain moment. Uh, we have a dramatic budgetary issue. Why are there any non-essential employees still on the rolls? Well, it's because the so-called progressives can't stand not to spend money. Nancy Pelosi this past week actually... You know, she's been making headlines a lot for really brilliant statements, but she made the statement that the cupboard was bare. They've already cut everything they can from the budget. Seems to me like non-essential employees would be a great place to start. I mean, it's not the first place I'd start. I would probably start with the one thing that'll be the last thing cut, and that is presidential and congressional salaries. In fact... I have said before, and I'm going to go ahead and call officially on the air right now, I would love to propose a constitutional amendment so that, you know, they can't change the law constantly. constitutional amendment that would require a balanced budget to be in place for Congress and the executive branch. And that means president, vice president, and everyone who works for them. They don't get a salary. And you know what, let's, while we're at it, let's go ahead and take all benefits, okay? No balanced budget in place by the constitutional required date. No salary or benefits. I would even go ahead and include the judicial branch in that, but you know, quite frankly, other than getting to decide if something's constitutional or not, they really don't have a lot to do with this part of the government. So that doesn't really seem fair. And, you know, we definitely, especially since the uh, so-called progressives constantly claim to be looking to be fair. We want to be fair, don't we? So anyway, that's what I'm calling for. Send me a message if you support the idea. I think it's a good one. Anyway, let me continue. They have decided, as of last week, which essential and even some non-essential employees that they're going to keep during the shutdown, which means it's it's not even a regular, full-fledged, partial government shutdown. Because they're keeping some non-essential employees. Now, employees will be deemed essential 
and keep working will not be paid during the shutdown. But that's really not that bad, considering the fact that once Congress does approve new funding, they'll receive retroactive pay. Meaning, no money's actually being saved by the shutdown. It'll just be put on the back burner. Now, of course, government won't cease to exist. Some people think a government shutdown, oh no, there's nothing going on. We've been through this enough times, and most people have never noticed it. This is, I think it's the 18th time we've had a government shutdown. Now, services considered critical to national security, safety, and health <gasps> during the shutdown would go on as usual. Border patrol, law enforcement, emergency and disaster assistance, military, social security, and Medicare benefits would keep coming, for example, but there likely would be delays in processing new disability applications. Why? Because a lot of those non-essential employees are the people that they dump new applications on. The employees they'll be keeping in place suddenly will have to carry a more typical workload that you might see if they worked in the private sector. You know, where you're expected to actually do a lot of work in order to keep a business going. It'll be a new experience for them, I'm sure. And I'm not saying that they don't know how to do their job. I'm just saying that suddenly the expectations, the bar has been raised. They're going to have to do those things that they've been telling their underlings that they would have to do. Active duty military personnel are exempt from furloughs as the employees of the U.S. Postal Service, which doesn't depend on annual appropriations from Congress. So, in other words, uh, the U.S. Postal Service is primarily a private entity now. Uh, they'll remind you of that every time you ask them why they're losing billions of dollars and keep asking for Congress for bailout money. But, uh, for the most part, don't expect to see mail change any. And uh, active duty personnel stay on the job. Uh, the House also passed a bill Saturday night ensuring that all military would continue to receive pay in the event of a shutdown. Uh, but this is how a shutdown may affect government. In the White House, approximately one-third of the White House's staff could be furloughed according to a contingency plan put together by the administration. Now, is that one-third that's already furloughed as a result of sequestration, or is that an additional one-third? Somebody should probably clarify that. Roughly 1,265 White House employees would be sent home, and around 436 presidential staffers would be designated as exempts and continue working despite the shutdown. According to The Hill, citing a letter from the Office of Management and Budget, the White House will maintain minimal staffing consistent with supporting the president 
in the discharge of his constitutional duties, including staff required to work with the Congress in the enactment of appropriations. Did you catch the numbers, by the way, this partial shutdown? Roughly 1,265 White House employees will be sent home. 436 presidential staffers will still be working. Doesn't those numbers kind of raise questions in anybody's mind? What are this many people doing just hanging out around the White House? Seriously. Uh, the Smithsonian's going to be hit, in case you're wondering. A majority of the uh, 6,400 Smithsonian employees at 19 museums would be furloughed. Uh, the museum doors would remain closed as of the 1st. Parks. You know, the federal park system. Contingency plan for the National Park Service prepared in 2011, the last time a shutdown loomed, uh, said that all 401 of the country's national parks would close and cease activities except for those necessary to respond to emergencies. Associated websites would also go offline. Although... You know, I'm not really sure how much money they're spending having the websites up. Because once you've paid for hosting and, and all that jazz, it's pretty much done until the bill comes up. And I just think that's just being mean. In the federal courts, federal courts plan to keep operating. Their operations will continue to go on for at least 10 business days in the event of a shutdown roughly through October the 15th, using fees and other funds. But after that, only essential work would continue, and each court would determine what staff is needed. According to a September 24th memo from the U.S. District Judge John Bates, Director of the Administrative Office of the United States Courts, Federal jury trials should continue as necessary, the memo said, and staff performing essential work at federal courts would report to work without getting paid. They would be paid when appropriations are restored. In other words, eh, they're working for a delayed check. The Library of Congress. In the event of a partial shutdown, at least a few government websites will go offline, including the Library of Congress and the National Park Service, which we already mentioned. The Department of Housing and Urban Developments. Most of the Department of Housing and Urban Developments operations would cease under the shutdown, according to the department's spokesman, uh, Jerron Brown. The Federal Housing Administration, which is overseen by HUD, won't be able to underwrite or approve any new loans during the shutdown. That's it. No new loans. Most of those are bad loans anyway, so again, saving the taxpayers money in the short term. The EPA. This may be the best reason to close the federal government and keep it closed. The Environmental Protection Agency would essentially be closed to most of its approximately 17,000 employees. Except, I knew there was going to be one of those, for those involved in shutting down systems, 
tasked with emergency cleanups or doing legal work in ongoing federal cases. It seems like you could almost claim all of them were doing that. Anyway, that was quoted from John O'Grady, the president of the local union of EPA employees in Chicago. Can somebody please tell me why the EPA has its own union? NASA. The group is still working on shutdown plans, but the agency doesn't have a launch scheduled until November 6th. Nearly all but a few hundred of the space agency's 18,000 employees would be furloughed under a contingency, under a contingency plan outlined in 2011. In past shutdown threats, and actually past shutdowns, by the way, the space agency considered essentially the operations of the International Space Station, uh, where astronauts and cosmonauts live, and planned to continue supporting the mission if the government had shut. So, you know, that's not something they really have to worry about much. Bottom line is, anything they've got going on that actually requires attention is still going to get it. Now, how will this shutdown affect you? Because, after all, that's really what you want to know, right? <laughs> Why not? Uh, the uh, 1995-96 shutdown cost approximately $1.4 billion. That's about $2 billion uh, in the value of today's dollar bills. Now, Maya McGinnis, who is the president of the Committee for the Responsible Federal Budget, is that a real thing? Because I don't think the government's aware of it. Anyway, she claimed uh, contingency plans for furloughed workers will cost taxpayers. She also said less government spending may have a detrimental effect on the economy, which, of course, comes right back to taxpayers. Uh, that, by the way, is crap. Bottom line is, there is no ill effects to the uh, economy other than the stock market might take a dip because of the uncertainty around when the government will get back to business as usual. At any rate, uh, how will it affect you with your mortgages? Well, with the Federal Housing Administration taking a hit due to the government shutdown, there will be fewer mortgages approved. Well, I don't know that there's a whole lot of them going through right now anyway. And for the ones that are approved, the process will be much slower than usual. Not sure many folks would notice that a whole lot either, quite honestly. Uh, part of the economic recovery is the housing industry. It's sort of dangerous to think about slowing down housing. Uh, you know, these comments coming from McGinnis as well. Not real sure that it's a cogent argument. Uh, according to travel, a shutdown may cause delay in processing of passports and visas. Not exactly a surprise. The tourism industry can be hit quite hard, as can the airline and travel sector. Okay, 
Uh, quick question. Uh, if we're talking about Americans, which is the only people that will be hit by the processing of passports, we're talking about people that are going to be traveling out of the country. So we'll be keeping dollars in the country. Hmm. Interesting thought. Social Security. Although the issuance of Social Security checks won't suffer from a shutdown, entitlements will be, temporarily at least, it all depends on how many Social Security workers get furloughed. As of this particular article being written, the Office of Management and Budget was still deciding which essential and non-essential workers will be furloughed. So, bottom line is, whether you have the shutdown or not, and we know we will, Congress in a few weeks still needs to come up with an agreement over raising the debt ceiling. Because that's where we're headed, ladies and gentlemen. So that's the deal. Now, is anybody still out there? Okay, obviously not. But for those of you who were paying attention and listening and checking it out later, there is a lot riding on this shutdown. Most importantly, the thing to remember as an average, everyday, ordinary citizen here in the States, you're not really going to see much of a change. Now, it is unfortunate that people like the park rangers and folks working for the Smithsonian are going to be put through the hardship of having to be furloughed. And it is tragic, especially going into the autumn season, that we may be denied access to national parks. And it's always sad not to be able to get in to see all the great things that you're going to come across in a museum. But in truth, the very fact that they're going to continue to have non-essential employees coming into work is the first thing that tells you that there's a significant spending problem. It needs to be dealt with, and Obamacare doesn't do a thing to help it. The Republicans are taking a stand not based on some wild fringe as it's being portrayed by the media in certain congressional well not congressional but senatorial republicans and a boatload of senatorial democrats because tea party folks are not radicals and they're not anarchists in fact quite the contrary easy for me to say quite the contrary the Tea Party folks want a return to constitutionally limited government. That's not anarchy. That's a return to the Constitution. That is the opposite of anarchy. That is law and order. That's the way it's supposed to be. And anybody who's not in support of a constitutionally limited government is an enemy to this country. You are. 
If that's the way you think, you're an enemy to this country because it's those principles that have made this nation as great as it is that has made this nation as great as it ever was, and it's the only way that she can be as great as she can be. But it's up to the people to stand firm. So call your congressmen, call your senators, call the White House, let these people know whichever side you support. If you don't want a government shutdown, then tell them, Take the compromise. Postpone Obamacare for at least a year. Give some time to work out some details and see what happens. This my way or the highway approach that the Democrats are taking on this issue is what's created the government shutdown. The Republicans have compromised and compromised and compromised. At some point, the other side has to give some too, or we still end up at that far extreme. And that far extreme on the left side of the political spectrum is a dangerous place for freedom-loving people, period. We've already seen what the NSA and the IRS is doing now. And if you think just because you're not currently someone that's been targeted, don't make the mistake of thinking that you won't be next on the list. Bottom line is, the government's shutting down. But you're not going to be hurt by it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is tonight's show. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll come back and listen again soon. And have a great day. Thanks. Bye.